0: Welcome back everybody, this is episode 12 of the Clappercast. I'm Sean. And I'm Burke. And first off today, I just want to start with um, acknowledging last week I said Columbus and Montreal played their last game of the season, and that was going to be huge for the playoff positions. Turns out they played like earlier this week, so their last games of the season are not against each other, and
1: uh, I was wrong on that. Yeah, just a quick note, it is March 31st.
0: So we are officially in the last weekend of the season. This entering the last week, so we are in mourning right now for the loss of another. another <laughs> I wear black. Yeah, I'm not wearing black today. I'm but, wearing all black today. Okay, I so you are officially in mourning. Subconsciously new. <laughs> so lost the end of another exciting season. Lots of interesting storylines, um, surprising, surprising teams and colossal failures, and some great, some great teams. Yeah, a, a lot, a... a lot of teams. That's been the theme of the season, I think. Is a lot of teams. A lot of a lot of teams are existing. <laughs> some don't look like teams.
1: <laughs> some don't but... look like teams. Some are teams. Some have evolved into skating teams. Yeah, who knows what's in store? Um, let's just touch on that Columbus Montreal game that you just mentioned. Yes, it was actually a pretty good game. It was for the first little bit. It was really, really fast paced, really competitive. Yeah. So, like Sean mentioned, it was pretty huge game because uh they're both in the playoff race for wild card and they both really needed those two points. Yeah. So if Montreal won, they would have been 4 points up, I think. And Yeah, it was like a huge swing in percentages too. Yeah. I think if there's something like 40 points of percentages would change of like their chance of making playoffs or something. It was something ridiculous. And well, I guess the, the with 5 games left the difference between 0 points out and four Four points out is colossal huge yeah yeah so columbus looked pretty weak in the first period but then they had a huge second period and then they absolutely blew away with it in the third yeah, yeah and, and some big performances by their stars oh yeah
0: and you know that's that's the columbus way i guess is they've got that hard-working gritty physical torts brand of hockey mm-hmm. that's that's how they're going to play, and they've got a whole bunch of guys. like Cam Atkinson, I think, just hit 41 goals last night. Quietly. Yeah. Very quiet. I did not realize he was that high. So yeah. that's actually, I think he tied the Columbus Blue Jackets franchise record there. Really? Rick um, Nash? Yep. Oh, yeah. So that's
1: surprising to me. I didn't realize he was that many goals. Yeah, I didn't know he was that sitting that high either. I um, just want to mention that one Shane pass to Panarin was... Insane. He just battled, battled, battled on the boards, and then did like a no look pass, basically to Panarin across ice, mm-hmm. and just one timed it in. It was nice. Duchene is ready for playoff hockey. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> well, he's played in the playoffs before. With Colorado, I think so. Yeah,
0: I think he would have had to. I think they made at least they made it at least once in the decade he, or in the six years he was there.
1: Okay, well he's ready to be back. Yeah. And it'll be pretty interesting to see them if they make it. They have a good chance. Maybe let's just touch on that playoff race right now. I think so. Um so we'll start in the east. So again, the Atlantic is all the same. No movement there. The Metro's pretty much the same. It's got the caps in first, Islanders in second and the Pens in third. And last last night the Islanders officially clinched their playoff spot. Yeah, so which... first time in three years, I think.
0: What 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 a devastating streak, <laughs> for years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. What those fans have gone through. Yeah, but so tough.
0: From where they were projected to be, and off on the back of Robin Leonard. Yep. And a whole bunch of, I don't know what, you know, Barry Trotz did. <laughs> coach them. Yeah, I think that's what they're missing—a real coach. <laughs> Not, I, wonder, uh, I wonder if Barry lives in
1: in Lamarella's Lamorella, in guest house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got the whole Capuano, Garth Snow thing going on again. Yeah. yeah. So props to them. That's pretty exciting. It is. And so, that's looking like a first-round matchup against Pittsburgh. Yeah, that could be a good series. Um, I'm interested to see if they can blow the shit out of each other in case the Caps. I guess the Caps will play them in the second round if the Caps make it. So <clears throat> Yeah, who's there? So they'd be playing Carolina probably. Which moving yeah. into the wildcard spot. Yeah. Nice segue. Yeah, so um it looks just to touch on those metro teams, I I think they'll probably stay where they are. Um and then wildcard is Carolina sitting in first wild card with ninety three points, Columbus is in the second wild card with ninety two, and Montreal's sitting just outside with 92 points, but they've also played one more game. And Columbus has the wins tiebreaker as well. Right. So, again, I could see Columbus and Carolina shuffling a little bit maybe, but I really don't think Montreal is going to get in because Columbus is playing really well right now. They now look like a team. Yeah, they won four straight, I think. So yep. Yeah, they're looking like and... they've kind of gelled a little bit more and – totally got their lines figured out and uh, they're getting some performances from everybody and Bobrovsky had that insane shutout streak too. Or was like what, 3 games or something? Wow.
0: So I just remember he yeah, had the one the one like 40 something save shutout didn't realize he had a solid streak in there too.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep it together for playoffs because he's never really played well in playoffs. Nope. He's never let less than 3 goals in in a playoff game. Yep. So Yeah, and yeah, his his uh, average stats just take an absolute nosedive yeah. come playoff time. So, so. It's going to be... It's a bit striking yeah. and a bit worrying if you want a $10 million-plus contract as a goalie. So yeah. If he wants Carry Price money, he's going to have to start
0: playing like Carey Price. In playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Or like Yarrow
1: Halak. <laughs> yeah, very true. He needs to be that. Um. So we'll move to the West, the Pacific... Currently has Cal- or, uh, Calgary at 103, San Jose 97, Vegas 91. So, so I don't think anything's happening there. There's not enough games left to make that big of a swing. No. And they're all kind of struggling a little bit lately. Um little they've bit. They've all had losing streaks. I know Vegas has lost five in a row for the first time ever. Historic. Ooh. And San Jose is having some issues. Um. Yeah, so earlier this week I noticed
0: the stat that... um. Even though they, they at the time, were 6th in the league in points, they were 30th in team save percentage. That's bad. And the next, the next playoff team that was there was like 15th or something. Yeah. So that's not a good sign going into the playoffs, especially when, you know, Martin Jones, like, he is okay, but he's never been an elite goalie, and is he going to turn it around for that? I think their backup is Aaron Dell and I don't think he's ever he's had some good games, but Yeah. He hasn't I don't think he's shown that promise of like I'm gonna be the I'm gonna s- come in one day and be this like amazing shutout goalie.
1: Yeah. So
0: that that's gonna be very, very worrisome, especially against a high powered, quick team like Vegas that you could probably sit down, start watching a game and before you even notice it it's like four nothing Vegas if they're if San Jose's goaltending is gonna be like
1: that. Although Vegas has been struggling as well, the uh, I don't know if Flurry's been hurt or what, why he's been out so much. But Subban has been playing a lot, and he's been letting in some softies. Yeah, I know in the last game, like he saved thirty shots. But so I mean, that's probably not his fault that they lost. But if Flurry's not in net, it could be interesting. Yeah, that could be the uh, <laughs> the way to even up the series. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think. Flurry had something going on. Like he had a baby that was born or something. That's why he was out, maybe. I can't remember, but.
0: I honestly didn't even know he wasn't playing. Yeah, just I know remember has been playing a lot. Yeah, I think Edmonton played Vegas a few weeks ago and Subban played,
1: but I think Flurry was injured. Right. So maybe it's just the same. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the uh, Central, Winnipeg's at 94 points, Naturals at 94 points. And then St. Louis is at ninety two. I actually didn't realize it was that close still. I didn't again, I thought I thought Winnipeg pulled away a little bit. Again, Winnipeg and Nashville have been struggling, and St. Louis has not been struggling, they've been doing really well. So it'd be pretty funny if St. Louis gets the first seed in the central.
0: What what a turnaround. <laughs> like they were last in the NHL on or last in the west last the nhl on january early january right and to have turned it around to now being contending for a division playoff spot in four months
1: yeah i heard that uh craig berube they were negotiating about a contract extension for him oh i wouldn't doubt it and uh, i think they're waiting to to see how they do maybe to see if they how they finish but I think the job is definitely his. It's his to lose it. at this point. Yeah.
0: There's no way after after that performance, after the way the teams turn around. I mean, a lot of it, too, they started getting really good goaltending. Yeah. Which is going to be a huge confidence boost. It, you know, give up less goals. You start being confident your goalie. Suddenly you're playing a little bit better. Right. But um, that you got to put some of the credit to the coach there. For to sure. Come, to come in and completely turn it around. Like this wasn't just, oh, we're slightly better.
1: This right. is like worst to first. So much like Duchesne, maybe Ryan O'Reilly is ready for playoffs again. Maybe, uh, maybe he's not a cursed player like everyone has said. <laughs> um, and then the wild card in the West has Dallas at eighty nine points, Colorado at eighty five, and then sitting just outside is Arizona eighty two and Minnesota eighty one. So so those teams that, that those two wild card spots are getting a little bit more set in stone now. Yeah, and much like uh, Columbus played Montreal. Colorado played Arizona, and that was a huge game too because they were both sitting just outside wildcard, card. I think yeah, at that I think, point, I think uh, if Arizona would have won, it would have been flipped. Would yeah, so Arizona would have a. Uh, I think it would have been a two point lead on Colorado, but yeah, I
0: didn't actually see that game, but um, I,
1: I didn't watch it. it either. Um, but I kept checking in on the score, and I think it was scoreless until the third. It was pretty pretty close. And it might have... Did it go to a shootout? I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. I totally... I, I don't know. I think the there's result. not going to be too much movement in that wild card. I think the movement might happen in the central. Might flip around and see who's oh, going to play sure. who. It'd be pretty funny if St. Louis gets first and then Winnipeg and Nashville is a first-round matchup. <laughs> oh. I mean, after last
0: season, like that was the one that killed both of those teams. Yeah like that was that was
1: probably the best series of the playoffs. I would say that the Caps Pens was the best for me for you yeah. But it was probably the the eastern version of that matchup. Yeah, it it might have been the hardest fought maybe. You you really thought the winner of that was going to go to the cup. They probably should have. But
0: yeah. That series absolutely destroyed Winnipeg.
1: It was a fun series. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then they Winnipeg they didn't had. have enough in the tank to beat Vegas. <laughs> Winnipeg was running on fumes by the time they got to Vegas and and that's not to take anything away from Vegas. They still played their game and outworked them and everything. Oh, yeah. and got, got their bounces, but yeah, um, Winnipeg just didn't have the energy left to counter it. Vegas just controlled that was a long series against Nashville, um, so yeah, that wraps up our playoff race talk,
0: yeah, and so, I think um, yeah, I think you've been mentioning you wanted to see Dallas and Colorado make it in the two wild card spots, so I
1: wanted Arizona. Arizona oh, right. and Colorado. Arizona and Colorado. So yeah. one of them's not too bad. Okay, fair um, enough. Dallas, I could take. It's kind of be going to be interesting to see them in playoffs. They haven't been in a while. Now, have you heard anything about
0: Ben Bishop's injury? I didn't know he was even hurt. Cause yeah, he he left early a game the game against Calgary earlier this week with an injury, and I haven't heard oh. anything about him since. I haven't. I didn't even know he was hurt. Mm-hmm. So has uh, Dobby been playing? Yep. So luckily, they've got, you know, after how many years of being let down by defense and goaltending in Dallas, um, they finally have two reliable goalies from the looks of it. Right. But that's going to be a huge loss if they have to go into the playoffs without Ben Bishop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nothing beats a gigantic goalie. Except a shot that goes high. Hey, or Mikko low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's—I mean—he's been in lots of playoffs before too, Bishop. So yeah, tons of experience. Is, that could be huge. Yeah. I haven't really been keeping up to date on Dallas if they've been playing really well or not lately. I mean, their points look like they have, but I mean, I don't they've know.
0: maintained. They've been in that first wild card spot for quite a while now. Yeah, I mean, they're so. only three
1: points back of St. Louis. I don't know how many games they've played, but yeah, I mean, there's—I don't know if I don't think they've clinched. Not yet. Yeah, Cut. how many points do they have? Eighty nine. Colorado's at eighty five, and St. Louis is at ninety
0: two. Yeah, so Arizona being at eighty one, they probably still have eighty two, so they're only seven points back, and they for sure have four
1: games left, so yeah. they wouldn't have clinched yet. I would like to see Arizona make it, but eh, I don't know. Minnesota's—I I don't think they have a chance, but they've—they've uh, they've really tapered off from being. <laughs> comfortable from being a
0: few points in the first wild card spot. Boudreau's
1: squat. probably gone. Hey, I have to think so. I, I think would think that even for him, he'd probably want to leave. This There's is probably more promising teams you could coach. Yeah, and I mean you know? he's
0: we're oddly enough he's one of the best coaches in the league in the regular season. Yeah, like caps, how ducks. many how many seasons has his team had over hundred points? A lot. I don't know how many, but a lot. And, like, I'm trying to think back. Like, this is probably the worst regular season performance the team he's coached has had.
1: It has yeah, to be and pro- I mean, he's just outside to- of playoffs. And that's pretty impressive, but none of his teams have ever been able to go anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's gone, and he's going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think so. He'll get a job. Edmonton. <laughs> don't you want to
0: keep the cock? He can stay. I don't know if he'll stay as head coach because that's I I'm not even gonna start speculating on head coach until I figure out the GM because right. there's no point. Hitchcock wants to stay. He he sounds completely happy with yeah. being a part of the Oilers. Like he's a huge Oilers fan from Edmonton and everything. So like for him to get a chance to come and be a part of that team. And I mean he despite everything he sounds content with how
1: it all played out. Yeah, I mean we talked so. about this in a previous episode about how we both wanted to see him stay just for some stability and
0: and yeah I'm totally okay with it and the other thing too is he's just such a well-spoken intelligent person yeah that even if he's not coaching I would very much like to see him involved with something in the team you know as like a coaching advisor or like some sort of advisory role right to help transition the team into the new game the new NHL yeah that would be
1: be beneficial I think
0: yeah and he's just he's just such a wealth of knowledge and he keeps learning
1: right so um, there's some pretty bit of a hot topic going around right now is um, the code that exists in the NHL right so I wanted to touch on that so the code is basically just unwritten rules in the league Or in hockey in general, you know. So what sparked this debate is that Paul Byron fought Mackenzie Wieger, I don't know, earlier this week or something. And Paul Byron lost the fight pretty decisively. Very quickly, very decisively. And left the ice with, you know, the the shaky legs. Looked like he was out of it he got dropped by he got one. Dropped. Punch. He he's got a conky, he's got a concussion. Yeah. And he's he hasn't played. And Montreal's in a very important playoff race. Now, what prompted this fight is that earlier in the season, Byron hit Uyghur in the head. Got kicked out, got suspended. Served his time, so to speak. I think he got what a 3 game or a 2 game. The trend for the season seems to be 2 games. Right. So this is the first time that they played each other since, and these are teams that don't really like each other because Domi also punched Ekblad in the face in preseason. Yep. And there's just a bit of bad blood. So Paul Byron's a guy who's five foot nine, one sixty-five pounds, and Uyghurs a guy who's six foot, two hundred pounds. So that's quite the size difference there. So in professional fighting, this fight wouldn't have been allowed. No, and it's in way too big. Most too cases big. in hockey no one's taking that fight. No. But the code says that, you know, Uyghur is entitled to some compensation, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so some to compensation speak. in you know, the form of a Not compensation, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh some satisfaction. Satisfaction. Yeah. You know, it's like Vengeance? a duel. It's a duel. So Uyghur challenged him. Very, it's very obvious on the broadcast.
0: Yeah. So we just watched the video before, before the podcast to make sure. And you know, it, Uyghur's off screen, but the manner, the mannerisms
1: of Byron indicate what Uyghur, how Uyghur was acting. Yeah. And... So he asked him for a fight. By- Byron turns around, looks at him for a second, and then they drop the gloves and they fight. And then Uyghur ends the fight. Yes. With one or two punches. Let's Byron go down. He's out. Looked like he got knocked out. And then as he's skating off the ice, he's like I said, he's got the shaky legs and looked really bad. Mm -hmm. So this is where the controversy comes in because Byron is so much smaller and because he got hurt that people think that this code shouldn't exist. And I don't think you're ever going to get rid of it because it's just so ingrained in hockey culture from when you're a kid even. So I'm still confused. Like, Why do they think the coach should be gone? Because there is this obligation to fight?
0: I think is so. That, is and that because, kind of the argument there?
1: Because of maybe head contact. Um, it's hard to find an argument that's not ingrained in being a fan of the Habs, <laughs> I've found. I know P- uh, uh, Pierre Lebrun said that he thinks it's time for the code to go away because of head contact and how it's just stupid and how Byron got penalized by the league and had to sit out but that's not how the league that's not how hockey players work that's right? not how anybody
0: works yeah like the next like time you someone... see
1: that guy in
0: a game yeah you know like just in in real life if somebody robs you and then they get sent to jail for a year or whatever when they get caught. You're still gonna be pissed at them when they. Yeah, get. you're not
1: gonna like them still. You're gonna be like, oh yeah, that guy's a good guy. You know, he went yeah. to jail. He's a good guy now. Like it's it's you know it's not normal still, course of action. Byron hit him in the head. The guy's entitled to feel upset. Yeah. About that, and just as Byron is in his full right to deny. The fight. Yeah. He doesn't have to fight him.
0: He could have very easily said no. I mean, hockey players are, you're supposed to stand out for yourself. But you're, you still can't be irresponsible and take that fight if you don't think you're going to be, if
1: you're putting yourself into danger like that. And Byron's not a fighter. No. And even if he was a fighter, with that size disadvantage, you have to be a very good fighter to win that fight yeah and there's not very many guys in the league that small that are that good at fighting no
0: not not at all because it's it's even beyond technique it's just the simple fact of reach yeah like, like you have to reach up in a way to get someone who's that much taller than you and bigger yeah. than you and Uyghur just kind of has to stand there and like
1: lean his head back a little bit yeah so i'll just talk about the code and whatnot the code didn't get byron injured byron refusing or not refusing to fight got him injured yeah so the argument that
0: i can see is that like both parties were a bit irresponsible like weger knows that byron's a lot smaller so he shouldn't challenge him and byron shouldn't accept the fight because he knows he's that
1: much smaller yeah so why bring the code into this it's just the two guys involved it's not a greater deal you're making a greater deal than it should be It's, it's not like the fight came from
0: someone jumping another guy it wasn't like yeah you know Byron declined and then Weegar jumped him anyways like I could see that being like that that's a code issue
1: yeah so in a striking thing here to me is that I actually agree with Don Cherry's opinion on this so in other words you're an eighty year old senile xenophobe perhaps <laughs> so don't worry I have something that I disagree with Cherry on for later so. In case you're only 40 then. <laughs> yeah. He said that this Byron incident would not have happened if the Montreal Canadiens had an enforcer type player like Tom Wilson. He name dropped Wilson exact like in his comment. Yeah. And I think that's totally right. I actually I
0: do agree with that with the idea of that. Because and I'm going to use Edmonton as an example that McDavid, Drysdale, Nugent-Hopkins don't have to answer the don't have to answer the call on that type of thing because the team has Lucic, Cassian, Nurse, Larson, Kara, right? To
1: do that for them to get involved physically, right? So who did uh, McDavid hit in the head? Um, Nick Letty. So if Nick Letty wanted to fight McDavid, any that's one not of those, fucking happening, no. right? That's not gonna fucking happen. No, any one of those five players would. have Anybody up. on the ice with McDavid will get in that instead. I mean, fucking Joseph Gambardella did. He's like a five foot nine. Yeah, man. right. Like <laughs> he went after Lindholm. <laughs> And like the Capitals, because that's the team that uh, Cherry name-dropped. You know, you saw it earlier in the season. Kuzi got fucking blindside hit by Ian Cole. Wilson jumps in to defend him. That's just what happens.
0: breaks Ian Cole.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Not that Kuzi was trying to fight him, but in playoffs last year against Lightning, when someone was trying to, like, ragdoll koozie around you saw Wilson in there just like mad dogging trying to get to whoever he could like trying to fuck somebody up yeah because that's his teammate that he wants to protect and not get hurt because he knows Wilson's better the better option of going off for five minutes than Kuznetsov or whoever right and that's you
0: know that's basically Cherry's argument is like if the Canadians had a player like Wilson then Byron wouldn't have had to answer that because whoever this hypothetical fighter type person is would have done that for him.
1: Yeah, and you see that all the time in games. You, you don't fight people who are out of your weight class. You wait for someone who's in your weight class to challenge. Mm-hmm. Right? Unless
0: you're you know and then you just kind of have to you make have to do fight with whatever, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Cherry's 100% right that there's still a place in the game for these type of players. And you see these type of players evolving. Like, Wilson's not just a fighter. He's a mm-hmm. talented player. And, yeah, the concern that I have with Cherry's statement on that
0: is when he says enforcer, I immediately assume he's talking like a Colton or Steve McIntyre type who doesn't do much but right. fight.
1: Yeah, that's where I think I draw the distinction. Yeah. It's not an enforcer. It's just a guy who's a f- who can fight. Exactly. And Wilson's dollars to donuts, he's the best fighter in the league for me because he does have a... He, has that talent and he hasn't lost a fight since his rookie year yeah he's the best player who also fights and I also want to tie this into the Capitals game last night against Tampa so this bad blood has been boiling since playoffs that was a crazy series where the Capitals had the hit advantage the physical advantage and they played each other three times in 15 days so there's a lot of emotion and lots of Mm storylines so the the second game, is it Cernak or Chernak? I
0: don't know. I, I'll, I'll, say so I'll just say Cernak. Cernak, Chernak. So
1: Cernak and Wilson that were guy. going after each other all game. And Paquette also had a weird altercation with Kempney where Kempney fell down and hurt his leg. So you knew that there was going to be... jumped him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, I know he didn't kinda... try and hit, like hurt him, but d- yeah, Kempney fell awkwardly and Paquette was punching him as he was down. Yeah. So that's obviously not going to fly when you have players like Tom Wilson on your team. <laughs> so you, th- you kind of thought some shit was going to go down. There was two fights in the game, Orpic fought and Wilson fought. Yeah, and on
0: that note, um remind me never to make Brooks Orpic mad.
1: He's scary. He's got like the He just unloaded. 100 <laughs> mile or 100 yard stare like he's got like the like there's nothing behind my eyes look, you know. Yeah, like watching that fight, he just dominated.
0: <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't like a it wasn't like a KO domination, but it was just like a physical off. overpowering. Yeah.
1: Strong. He's he's really jacked and he's like he's what, 38, 39 or something, has to be. And he's probably the most fit guy on the team. And he's pretty renowned for his training and how hard he goes and it's pretty impressive that he's still that, like that old air quotes he's 39 he's not 80 but he's still playing in the game he's not super slow you know he's slow but he's not like <laughs> he's not as slow as he could be yeah you know? yeah if he wasn't as big on the training and yeah, so fitness caps i think won both of those fights but um it just shows that there's still a place for that in in the league because it gets the guys going and you stand up for your teammates that got hurt earlier in the year or whatever. right? Mm-hmm. So it was just, and then bad blood too, right? Like that's fun for everybody to see. So well, that's, this, when, that's
0: when the games get, you know, emotional. That's when you get into it. Yeah. I and mean, it's basically me watching a game against Anaheim. Nothing has to happen. And right. I'm already pissed off.
1: And to kind of wrap this up, um, is Paquette, injured Kempney but Paquette wasn't involved in either fight so you know the code demands Paquette fight or whatever but no it doesn't really right it's just the the teams right because Wilson versus Paquette would be the same sort of matchup because did did you look up how big Paquette was before no I I I didn't I think he's a smaller forward though yeah got a french name probably smaller right (laughs) okay don cherry (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so it's not a matchup that those teams want you know so they fight within their weight class and that's what the code demands i think i think byron just didn't turn him down and there's nobody else around to take the fight for him and even then like i guess i was
0: gonna say like what about like Jordy ben or shea weber i mean at least even their more suited to it i don't really think they're either f- either of them are big fighters but
1: yeah i mean that's a, probably a better matchup though than yeah a five foot nine forward who's known for his speed and not his fighting yeah so his foot speed not his hand speed yeah it's just Fist of Fury. i don't get the outrage about the code i know you're trying to protect players about heads and stuff but like we said last time, you don't get a, you don't get serious long term damage from fighting. It's from repeated, repeated yeah. hits. It's just that that's the easy one because it's it's very obvious
0: direct head contact, yeah. which can and does contribute to it. But yeah. it's
1: not like it's not the main or the most dangerous source. And plus, most times after a fight, you see the guys give him give the other guy a tap, or if they knock him out, they let him down. Tom Wilson's really good at that. If he fights someone, he lets up, and he like kind of eases them down. Yeah. Doesn't just keep punching, unless it's Ian Cole, and he keeps them upright to keep punching because <laughs> it's a cheap shot. <laughs> but, yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts about it. I know that was kind of a tangled mess of consciousness, but it just pisses me off that people complain about fighting because of some unwritten rules doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, yeah, the argument didn't... I don't see where the argument against the code is. Um, It's just they both accepted the fight. That's, like, the code is that you're not... To my to my knowledge, like, the code is that you're not forcing someone to fight.
1: Yeah. Is, it is the
0: essence of it. That you're not jumping someone, you're not forcing them. If they say no, you agree. Like, that's it. Yeah. And Byron said yes. They were both irresponsible. You can say that. And, and asking and accepting for the fight but they both ultimately did and accepted it, so that's, that's about yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not like Uyghur was trying to give, it, give him a concussion either. No. Like, if Byron just lost that fight, would there be this much? No, not at all. Yeah, nobody would be calling about how there needs to, it needs to change. They might talk shit about Uyghur fighting a guy who's so much smaller, but anyway. Yeah. So I'll, t- I'll talk, touch on that other cherry comments that I don't like. Okay, it's more about a response a certain player made about them. So Cherry has been pretty vocal about condemning Kuznetsov's Birdman. Oh, okay, yeah. Sellies <laughs> and he's picked on it a lot, much like the, the bunch of jerks Carolina. He called
0: he called Kuznetsov a jerk
1: too, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the reason that this comment came up is because the Capitals played the. Hurricanes two games in a row. So reporters were asking about the jerks and stuff to Kuznetsov, and Kuznetsov said that, you know, he doesn't really care about Cherry, and then he should shut his mouth, basically. Which is fair. Yeah, it's pretty fair. And he kind of <laughs> trash-talked him a little bit. <laughs> he yeah. He said, like...
0: Something about his CHL coaching record. Yeah, he record. said something
1: about Cherry's CHL coaching record sucks, so he just shouldn't really talk. Yeah. I
0: was just thought it was kind of funny. It's just a it's just a good comment. I mean, you don't see that much from hockey players, and it's just it's just funny to see see back well, it's after.
1: Just, yeah, I mean, because that stuff does it for his daughter. He's he said that publicly. That his daughter likes it when he does it, and now it's just kind of his thing. Yeah, and
0: I mean, even taking out the reason aside, that's not even an obnoxious celebration.
1: No, and he's not doing it to the other teams. Like, he's not like standing in the goalie's bench. face, flapping his arms. Like, I know Jerry's. <laughs> Got his fucking tires pumped a little bit earlier in the season when Kuznetsov scored with like a minute left to force overtime, and he did the celly against Columbus. Mm-hmm. And then when Columbus won in overtime, they all kind of mocked the celebration. So Which Cherry, of course, was hockey. like, "My point is proven that this pisses off the opponent." I don't, uh, I don't get it. First, yeah, and
0: I mean that's good hockey, to be honest. Yeah. like that—that's kind of that's fun to watch. Yeah. when when someone does that and then they mock they mock it back like that's fun to watch. Yeah. It's Again, not personal.
1: It's the bad blood, right? Yeah. Like it builds a story
0: that and you know now going into the next game, Capitals fans are going to be like, you know, what get him back for mocking the yeah, Birds. Do celly. the silly, right? Like, do
1: it. The bird man. And then they made a, a caps the caps had a koozie bobble night night against the canes and it was him doing the bird silly. Yeah. And, so it's just funny
0: and and here here we'll we'll take it away from don cherry's old school stuff how good is that for the nhl's marketing it's great if they can get if they have this iconic kuznetsov bird celebration
1: yeah it's like you're gonna have hilarious. people who aren't
0: hockey fans you mean like oh who's the who's the bird guy yeah
1: who's this bird man in the nhl and, like they're
0: gonna know kuznetsov as the bird selly guy like that's yeah. great for marketing
1: and he's got the iconic goal against the penguins to win that series and he does the bird celly so he can do it all day long in my books yeah. like he's earned the right t- He's I mean he's scoring in the NHL he can do whatever he wants yeah. it's not like he's fucking doing double fingers to the crowd like yeah. Andrew Ferens <laughs> yeah it's not disrespectful it's just yeah, he's celebrating yeah his scoring with his teammates y-
0: you keep hearing like oh act like you've been there before well he's been there before yeah. he <laughs> does the bird
1: celly so he's gonna act like that again yeah Stanley Cup champion can do what he wants <laughs> yeah so yeah just wanted to point that out so i don't think cherry is infallible he is still i'm like, that's like the one comment i agree with him on out of like 99 percent of his stuff i disagree yeah, once, with once in a while he makes he says something insightful or he's actually got like because <laughs> he was he
0: was championing the hybrid icing stuff right i think so yeah like that was i mean i i doubt it yeah. was him that got it change but like he was he was leading that like this icing rule needs to be changed
1: the stuff about like, he. I also think he was talking about like the boards and how they didn't have like the curved glass and stuff, mm. and you know a lot of the basic stuff. He's right about like, he hates when players put their stick like. In front of the the puck.
0: Yeah, because it ramps up like Wrenski, like on uh, Wrenski, and yeah. it just happened to Matt Benning against. And he was also talking
1: someone. about um. On goalie masks, the cat eyes, how they're. Not wide; they're too wide, so sticks can go through. So he was talking about how you should have smaller, smaller holes, even though it might affect the goalie's vision. Because there's been injuries, like Lundqvist got a stick in the eye, and yeah. So there's lots of stuff he's right about, but just when he talks about personalities and stuff in the league, he's got the most outrageous personality. So for him (laughs) to talk shit is, you know, the, the pot calling the kettle black well
0: it's like it's like you said when he came out with a uh, bunch of jerks when that when that started that right. these guys these guys are showing too much personality says the man wearing curtains as a suit
1: yeah he's ridiculous so that, like you're that's on it. you're on a segment with just you and ron and you're wearing that like that's more outrageous than a group of guys after the game doing something with the fans interestingly enough they said that they're done the season of doing that i mean the season's not that much long longer but yeah i think there's like three or four games left for them i wonder if they're gonna bring did he say if that was gonna be the playoffs too i i don't know but I wonder if they will bring since back. then williams said that you never know when we'll bring it back so i think they'll probably do it in playoffs they that would be it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't yeah i once, know they, once they're on the main the main stage like that they still did one like after he said that though Cause they did well, that this, was after they did the same one that they did to start it all
0: okay maybe that was just like
1: a conclusion one so it was against against the capitals he had a um, before the game yet had a, he tweeted out that um regardless of the outcome tonight we're done doing like this will be tonight will be the last storm surge and they lost the game and they did one the next time they won at home so it's like okay well what do you what do you actually mean here <laughs> Justin yeah so yeah um yeah How about a Drew Doughty sounding off on the? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. That was that came out of nowhere. To be honest, like he he just had like a few out of like out of nowhere comments on players. Yeah, so he mentioned Matthew Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Brent Burns, and um, Giordano. But Giordano was positive, right? Yeah, and like this happened as we were uploading our last episode. I checked our hockey and. That was, like, the first thing there. It was Drew Doughty sounding off on Kachuk being absolutely
1: disrespectful and just terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a great look for Doughty, but I can't no. really fault what he's saying too much. Neither can I. I mean,
0: like, obviously, you with Doughty being the player and of prominence that he is, you don't want him saying stuff like that really like publicly about other teams, players about his, I guess opponents, but you know, yeah. You
1: know, why, why now? I guess I think it comes across as whiny and yes, kind of a bitch move on a team that's doing really bad. But like I said, I can't really fault what he said too much because it's true in my opinion. And, and you know, I mean, watching Matthew Kachuk, he
0: is that type of player. I mean, his favorite player is Corey Perry. That says it all. That says, yeah, that says more than enough. So on the ice, he is, yes, he is a bit of a
1: pesty, you know, aggravator type. I just think it's telling of how much Kachuk has gotten under his skin, that even off the ice, he's complaining about him. It's kind of like the Ryan Johansson Kessler stuff. Yeah, very true. Where... They were going at each other off the ice, and Johansson was complaining about him and stuff. And now, yeah, like, Dowdy's on a team that's not going into playoffs. Kachuk is, and it just comes across as pretty sad that you're going to make these comments. <laughs> and what he said about Brent Burns is that he's not a very good D-man. Basically, yeah, if he
0: said, like, why is he in the Norse contention? He gets beat three times a game. Just watch the tapes. <laughs> And again, he's not wrong. He, no, he's not. Like Burns gets Norris content Norris consideration because he's like one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. Right. Um I think that I think that's been pretty clear from the start that he's never been like the defensive wizard that Doughty might be. Right. That he's he's there because he's a defenseman putting up 70 points a year. Yeah. Which I mean, for the best defenseman in the league, like I feel like there should be a little bit more consideration for Defensive play, so I'm uh, kind of agreeing with Doughty in that sense.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I I agree. I mean, defense is such a hard thing to rate. You can't quantify. And it's it. Always, it's all like if you do get a lot of points as a man, you always get Norris contention. Exactly. Um, its defense is at this point
0: pretty, pretty much impossible to develop an actual qualitative evaluation method. Yeah, that is like reliable and valid across all different, um, across all, dif- yeah, across all different spots of the game, teams, situations that you end up, like the Norris is kind of, um, built a reputation as like a reputation based
1: award. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> as, has. As
0: confusing as that sentence was, like, like players. You didn't get it last year. We, we owe you this one. And that's basically what happened. I can't, I think it was. a that Dowdy? Dowdy Yeah. Um, that you don't you don't necessarily get Norris votes based off your defensive performance that year. It's kind of the reputation you've built around the league as a defensive player, whether or not that's accurate or not. And yeah. it's also heavily weighted towards the um, points production. Yes, it is. So defense, like you can have a really good defensive defenseman, but if they don't put up. 30 points they're not going to get consideration for it they're just going to get completely overlooked
1: which is bullshit because mike green didn't win it when he put up fucking insane numbers and then it switched to being this offensive defenseman award yeah
0: and that's basically been in the last 10 years or so that it's like
1: reputation and offense if it wasn't about points vlasic would have like six norris trophies easily and one thing i wanted to mention about that is Quinn Hughes made his NHL de- debut this week for the Vancouver Canucks. you know, offensive defenseman again. He got put in NHL nineteen and he's got a eighty overall, which
0: I think is absurd because rookies never get that high unless like a first overall pick.
1: Yeah, and he's tiny and he's got no he's got no experience. like so how are you getting that rating? Yeah, because you know, it's... Because he didn't get fucking blown up in one game in the NHL. I think um, the eighty came out before he even played the game. It's just fucking stupid. It's just that offensive defenseman stuff. I think that was extremely tied to I that. I think it's... And the offensive defenseman is incredibly important
0: to the game now because of the skill speed-based play. Yeah. But offense is in different parts than just point production like one of like the first breakout pass basically yeah you know that's that's a huge part of being a good defenseman is the ability to make a clean pass on their first on the breakout yeah that's part of being an offensive defenseman too right you can't quantify that Mm -hmm. like as dumb as it sounds chris russell is actually pretty good at that (laughs) yeah a good pass like he's he actually has a decent first pass For the defenseman that he is, but I mean that doesn't get consideration, and he doesn't put up many points.
1: Well, and someone like John Carlson, who's probably going to be in Norris contention, makes a really bad (laughs) makes a really bad breakout pass. He just has a rocket of shot. Yeah, and also can feed Ovi a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and like I like him on the team. It's just he's not the greatest defensively, Mm -hmm. and he probably will get some
0: Norris consideration this year, or at least be close to the finalist position because
1: he was really good last year yeah and then someone like michael kempney who's good defensively is not like those people those type of d-men are not even talked about no even though they put up like fat minutes every game just chew up yeah minutes they're not talked about it's like do you remember that remember that saying
0: where it's like if someone's a really good defenseman you won't notice them yeah like you can't. It's hard to it's hard to quantify and give out an award for defensive play when if you're a good defenseman
1: you don't get noticed. Yeah, that's that's how you know you're doing well. What's well, like on Nashville probably how like everyone picks out like Subban and Yosi. Yeah, because well Subban's flashy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Yosi gets points, but then you have like Ekholm, and and uh, Ellis. You know. And and then I wanted to talk talk about uh a bit about. How Dowdy mentioned Giordano as yes. so someone he'd rather have on his team you know than Burns or anybody on San Jose i think was his comment something like that like um
0: Giordano basically saying Giordano's actually a good defenseman he should be he should be getting the Norris yeah he said like he's a guy that i'd want on my team yeah I which think. is fair cuz i think Giordano is probably the lead the front runner for the Norris this year i think so i mean i i think he's been better than Hedman
1: yeah and his age and how good he is and, yeah. how, and I think how much is, of a piece of a team he is. This is a good chance too, because he yeah, he's put up seventy points, but he's also really, really solid defensively. Yeah. So, so this is interesting it's good, from uh, Dowdy how you have like criticism of one Flames player, but then praise and admiration for another. So it's not like he's just attacking a team. It's just that individual player yeah. he doesn't like. Which is very obvious on ice. Um but I still don't think it's a good look no, for him.
0: No, it isn't. It's okay. It's okay if, like, as a fan, I'm watching it and I'm like, ha, ah, that's good. That like that's good content. Yeah, that's juicy, juicy like, content. Yeah, which you know that's the stuff we want to see as fans to like bring emotion and involvement in the game and these you know players actually kind of showing personality, but uh, it's just not a good look for the player in particular. Yeah. Which and it's also funny. Um, a few days later, when Kachuk got given that um, like sport like <laughs> community engagement award or something, yeah, sportsmanship like or something.
1: He is representative of sportsmanship and like yeah, <laughs> which know. like on the ice,
0: but the award was off the ice, which I can agree with because by all accounts, he's actually like an insanely nice person off the ice and is very involved with like causes and um, fans and all that.
1: Yeah, so. I mean he grew up. Him and Brady both grew up around that,
0: and they, you know, they know how to do that. Yeah, they they know how to act as hockey players. They know how to treat
1: the fans and everything. So yeah, that yeah, part's so totally fine. It's kind of funny with that juxtaposition of he's a shithead and he's a pillar of the community. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty funny. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention before I forget is Ovi potted his fiftieth of the yeah, season. So
0: that's impressive. I think. He's now got the most 50 goal seasons alongside Gretzky and Bossy.
1: Yeah, so he's got eight. And he's been, last year he got 49. So he's so close. pretty close. Yeah. And uh, so he's sitting at 51. He got two in that game last night. So I'm hoping he can get another Richard. That'd be pretty fucking neat. Yeah, he's, got,
0: he's got a four goal lead on Dry now. So he's pretty safe.
1: Is anybody else
0: close? I know Tavares was pretty high up. Kane, I think it, it's Kane and Tavares, and they're about 45 ish. Oh yeah well, so I think
1: he's pretty I think he's got it pretty much wrapped up
0: yeah, dry I hope has so. another high,
1: another hattie. How many games do the Oilers have left? four or five okay I think the caps have three I don't know. so you can get like ten or he could get like zero who knows yeah <laughs> so that's the fun. hope he can get 55 or hit 60 that'd be that would be insane
0: cool. for the last three games of the season
1: three hat to... tricks <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do it he's almost done it once before yeah he's got to be like the beginning of the season the opening opening, opening two, or three, two or three game movie or you can just save it for playoffs that's cool too mm, yeah I, I feel like the playoffs would be the better better place for that opers yeah could you imagine in like in one series, one for... <laughs> series just gets like three or four hat tricks. That'd be sweet. Oh, man. Now,
0: here's me thinking like, I think Drysidel had 14 points or something in the six games against the Ducks a couple years ago. Yeah, he was ago. insane in that. Just imagine, series. imagine Ovi getting a Hattie a game
1: <laughs> against the Canes. That'd be so cool. A man can dream. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I have that's on like... my list here about anything. I don't know if you have anything else to bring up. Yeah, so this one, this one was kind of interesting to me.
0: Um, earlier this week, Elliot Friedman said that Bob Nicholson wants to bring Mike Gillis in for an interview as the, for the Oilers GM position. Uh, However, others in the organization do not want to because Mike Gillis um, was Michael Nylander's agent back in like '08 oh, or something when Nylander was about to sign with Edmonton. Not
1: like so, they hold the a grudge or anything.
0: Yeah, so I'm wondering who these others in the organization are. Cough, cough, Kevin Lowe. <laughs> Um, that's, you know, this 10-year-old grudge because, like, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but it was basically, like, Michael Nylander was confirmed to sign with the Oilers to the point that it was able to be posted on the Oilers' website. Oh. Then, the next day, when they were about to, like, finalize this or whatever, or the next time they contacted each other, they learned that Mike M- Michael Nylander was signed in Washington. Yeah. So, there's this... this turn that nobody I don't like I don't know what happened behind the scenes to cause it. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that I mean I'm perfectly fine if Mike Gillis doesn't get an interview. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of that that potential higher, but Yeah I was gonna ask I was working at a store one time here in town and he came in. Everyone was like fawning over him and how he was in the store. This was after he got fired was like oh he led the Canucks to the cup finals I was like he was a pretty bad (laughs) general manager though
0: yeah this is funny that that's concerning that they're still like they won't even bring him in for an interview because of this because of this apparent
1: that's who you want making your decisions people who hold grudges like that yeah Um, I mean is that confirmed or is that just well, it's rumors a,
0: elliot friedman said it on his podcast said it on a podcast so okay. so it's probably pretty solid i trust that elliot has a very good reason to say that is true yeah um i think i think that's worth it um i also wanted to ask so currently the oilers are sitting at 77 points one behind last season's total of 78 okay they still have f- four games left i think yep so even though they're against tough teams, they are likely to pick up enough points to match if not past that total. Right. So with with that and with the amount of players who are setting career career highs, would you actually end up considering this season a success if they happen to get up to 80, 82 points? Where it's technically an improvement over last year.
1: Hmm. I don't <laughs> think so. I think it's still not a success.
0: I'm also I'm like I'm I'm in the middle. Because it's like, if they improve, like all these players are improving, they're technically improving a little bit, and they are kind of where I position them to be, barring, like in the exact position I thought they would be, like, battling for a wild card spot barring major injuries.
1: Yeah, I I don't know, because I'm a fan of a team that makes playoffs every year, so it's hard <laughs> for me to gauge. It's hard for you to call this uh, missing the playoffs as a success in any shape. Yeah, because to me, making playoffs is successful or, you know, winning the president's trophy (laughs) or, yeah, I just, it's hard. I know that's eventually going to come for me, but it's just, I can't fathom how to gauge middle of the pack success. For sure. Because, you know, there's the draft options, but playoffs, playoffs is always the goal. So it's tough. I mean, I guess it is marginal improvement.
0: Yeah, and that's that's basically like I'm not I'm not about to run run around saying, Oh, they did so good this year. Yeah. But if they do happen to put up more points and you've got all these guys putting up career years, are you know, is it you know is it maybe just a success for certain people or
1: Yeah, I think it's individual success because I think they're what, the first team since like the 89 Penguins to have 200-plus point scores and uh, not actually, make playoffs. Um, oh, so not make playoffs, yeah, I guess. Because they had Lemieux date. and Yager. So I think that's a tough stat. Yeah. I mean, it shows that you have some fucking good players. I mean, McDavid's
0: in on 51% of the team's goals. Dry 47, I think.
1: Yeah, so that's insane. I just think it shows as a it's hard to gauge that as a failure of this year's oilers right because that's obviously something that goes back to management of the team over a longer period of time yeah so is it getting better because these players are doing better or is it worse because they don't they still haven't given them like depth
0: yeah the, the support that they need to or goaltending 16. or whatever it is so right. excuse me me costan's glove hand is an excellent goaltender
1: i think the one success for the oilers would be their farm team absolutely this season i'm not sure how they are they going into playoffs yep they yeah, yeah they clinched their second in the league yeah so that's definitely a success i mean and i know you're not is... going to go out and buy a bakersfield jersey or anything but that's something to look forward to yeah, and the fact that the team didn't slide down in points is a success. Yeah, so
0: it might not be considering the season's success rather than considering it not a failure.
1: Yeah, I think there's it's, probably more it meets positives expectations than negatives, which is a success. It just was hard for me to wrap my head around what how to look at that because, like, like I said, my team just. It's like, oh yeah, they're in playoffs. Wow. Well, so yeah, they're...
0: I mean, in general, you you don't see success as marginal
1: improvement. You see success right. as like actual.
0: Are we a contender
1: or not? Yeah. Um, do you think the Caps are a contender this year? Um,
0: yeah. I, I think mean, the it's East hard. Is tough. It's hard to not consider the reigning Cup champs a contender, but I don't think they are the contender.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think, think they're the favorite. But honestly, the...
0: I I. I think Tampa and Calgary are more contenders than the Caps. Okay, because
1: last this week sometime, the the odds to win the cup, Carolina was higher than the Capitals. Oh wow, it's just stupid <laughs> to me. I guess the Capitals always get fucked by
0: by that, but well, I guess because Carolina would end up with an easier second round. Probably. Because the Caps would end up playing you know, Pittsburgh. And if Carolina wins their first round, then they wouldn't end up with that. They'd end up with um the diff they'd end up with an easy easier matchup. Yeah. But even to go all the way to the cup, that's kind of yeah, I don't I don't know how those models are,
1: are created. Yeah, it was just insane that the capitals were less than that. I guess it's Vegas odds, so they probably say Oh, if say... it's Vegas
0: odds it's probably like betting. Yeah. Yeah, it Hugely is. Hugely influenced by the where the bets are going and everything.
1: But it's like they probably just don't like Washington. <laughs> I don't I who do you who do you as of right now? We'll do this in a later podcast, next week's episode, but who's your pick? West East to make the final? It's hard to say
0: anybody but Tampa Bay out of the East. Could it be a rematch? It, it very well could be because, like, I'm, I'm thinking of the teams in the West. I mean, Calgary is the best team in the West. Yeah. San Jose is good, but they've got holes in their game
1: right now. Goaltending. And goaltending too holes much of a... in their game right now.
0: Yeah. Their their goaltending's too much of a question mark for me right now. Like Vegas is built for a playoff success, so I wouldn't put it past them to do well again. And I mean Nashville and Winnipeg are slumping hard and Winnipeg's been exposed pretty
1: bad lately. But Bufflin and Morrissey are coming back. So that will that will help and I think that'll that'll correct. And their for the shoes. Sharks, Carlson's coming back, but that might hurt them. Yeah, considering I think their record was better without him. <laughs> yeah. To be honest. I, um you know, St. Louis is hot.
0: So yeah. they, they could they you know, they've got that hot goalie factor. But they're
1: also like caps west. I guess Sharks and St. Louis are both caps west. Yeah. Where they have that choking moniker yeah and i mean wildcard i i highly doubt that dallas and colorado were gonna make it
0: anywhere i don't think so so either to be like i think from the west i would say calgary vegas and st louis are the most likely to get through
1: yeah i think the west i pick calgary and I want to pick Ed, or uh, Winnipeg. You can pick Edmonton. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Edmonton's my pick. <laughs> They're not technically I eliminated think yet. Calgary and Winnipeg is who I'd want to pick, but I think Calgary Vegas. Maybe maybe St. Louis, but I don't know. Yeah, Calgary Vegas. The west the west is just really hard to pick. I mean, even the east,
0: it's just the you know, Tampa is the easy pick. But like yeah. you can never discount Pittsburgh. No, um, Washington's the reigning Cup champs. They like, they're still, they're still doing really, really well. Islanders
1: have that. And the team Islanders have the hot goalie factor. Yeah, have the hot goalie and play-by-committee. So. I don't think Carolina's got a shot, and yeah, if they do, Columbus, it's only going to be on
0: energy. There's going to be that like that buzzing team. I don't know about Columbus though. I mean. They're most likely at this point going to be playing Tampa in the first round. They've never won a playoff series, and Bobrovsky (laughs) has no proof of being a good playoff goalie. So I don't give them a shot. I would love for Columbus to bounce Tampa. What an upset that would be. That would be great. It's possible. It's totally possible. That would be like LA Kings
1: level playoff bounce. Is that their
0: first cup or the second one? I
1: think it was the first.
0: That would be sick. That like that would be quite the quite the accomplishment. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said earlier in this episode, a man can dream. Yeah. That would be pretty funny. But we'll we'll go more into that when once once the, the matchups are set. Matchups are set up. Yeah. It's a, it's
0: especially hard to pick when you, we don't even know who's playing who yet, for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, that's true because the matchup makes a big difference. You can evaluate some strengths and weaknesses in the games.
0: You can look at their head-to-head matchup and look at you know what team plays what style and yeah comparable depth and everything.
1: Also, about the Caps beating the Lightning, that they, they took the series two-two-one, th- in this for
0: the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then the Caps that game too. They also ended Tampa Bay's dream of tying the best NHL season ever. <laughs> and Fuck also, you. Hedman
1: left the game early with an injury. Oh, I didn't see that. I yeah. did, I had some family stuff going on yesterday, so I couldn't watch the whole game. But I saw those fights. Awesome. That's the important part. Yeah.
0: yeah. Never mind the six goals or Ovechkin's
1: 50th. Two fights. The fights. Yeah. That's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Guess that's kind of all we have. So yeah, so I think
0: that about sums it up for the week. Yeah. Um. Make sure make sure you um, express sorrow and sadness as you watch the remaining three or four games for your team this season. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of us who are not going to be experiencing hockey beyond this
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> you can still. I'll still invite you to watch games. Okay. And you can. I probably have a spare Cavs jersey or something you can wear. Okay, I'll
0: jump on the bandwagon again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you have to. It's what propelled us over the edge last year. Yep. I'll, I'll actually, yeah, I'll uh, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> me jumping
0: on the Caps bandwagon won them the cup. That's
1: what pushed it over the edge. Mm-hmm. You weren't a fan until then. Yeah, Let's I see. started. I started. Uh, <laughs> I
0: started cheering on, cheering them on a little bit more at the beginning of the season, and they started really well. No expectations, and uh, me jumping on their that's, bandwagon. That's, that's all it, it takes. That's what it takes. Maybe, I take credit.
1: Maybe next year I'll cheer for Edmonton. I like the whole that idea. season. And then they'll get. And then I can take the credit. I, I am okay with that. I think that would be more impressive if they won the Cup with my cheering yeah. and you cheering for Washington. Yeah, there would be a little bit more of a surprise. Although in I one. do appreciate it still because the Penguins <laughs> were a pesky some bitch Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I guess remember to uh, like us on Instagram and follow our page for our updates. And yep,
0: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, where you got them all. Um, and make sure whatever platform you're on, rate, review, subscribe, share, whatever you can do to, to spread the love. Yeah. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.
1: Later.